0: welcome to the first episode of women as champions of environmental change our guest today is dr tuli kumalu who is the executive manager in the office of the ceo at the council for geoscience and this is a position she started since mid-february 2023 prior to this she was the chief operations officer of the presidential climate commission having joined the organization in this intensive stage in 2021. Dr. Kumalo is a sustainability expert and formerly a deputy director general responsible for climate change and air quality in the Department of Forestry, Fisheries and the Environment. Before then, she served as the chief director of air quality management and the national air quality officer a director in national government, and had previously been a senior environmental scientist at the Council for Scientific and Industrial Research. She holds a PhD in environmental science from the University of wits amongst others, and has recently obtained a Master of Philosophy in Corporate Strategy from uh, Gordon Institute of Business Science, or Gibbs. Dr. Kumala has considerable experience in organizational leadership and team management, strategy development and implementation, stakeholder management and coordination, as well as policy development and implementation. Her contribution in environmental science span over more than 20, 20 years, and she has mentored others in this career field as she enjoys watching people grow into their full potential. Uh, welcome, Dr. Thule. Thank you, Pam. Um, so um, I read quite an impressive bio of yourself. And, uh, and 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 one would just like to get us started and ask you, in addition to what I read out, uh, if you could just introduce yourself to the listeners and also tell us what drives you.
1: Um I think that the bio gives a, a good overview of my professional side. But generally, what drives me in the space of environment is just to for us to keep the environment for ourselves as good as it can be and for future generations. There are so many environmental problems now that are avoidable. And since the field of environmental science and management has been introduced and has gained quite a lot of impetus. We've seen a lot of environmental mitigation and that keeps us, you know, as a generation, uh, being able to enjoy the resources that are natural and available to us. And also to ensure that future generations can also enjoy the same benefits that the natural resource base offers. Thank you.
0: Thanks. And so how did you get involved in this sector? oh well
1: early days i just had a love for nature i would look at i come from a very mountainous village uh, and so uh, with beautiful scenery and all of that i would just love that and then when i got to university at the time it was geography environmental science was club geography i just uh, naturally did well in geography uh, chemistry and biology so i went into that career field but based for me it was the love for the environment i didn't even know at the time what career options were available in the environmental sector i just loved the science of the environment of, of conserving and preserving where possible and i joined the sector and uh, well having worked in the sector for many years i have now discovered that there are many in fact in recent years there's been many other opportunities in environmental science and management that have come up um, as different types of specialties have come uh, forth
0: all right um this. That- just tell me a little bit about that uh, childhood experience. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you you, uh, you lived closer to a mountain. Did you go, was it a usual thing for you to go up the mountain? What was that experience like?
1: It was a usual thing. In fact, I was joking the other day saying, uh, we now we know it's called hiking i did that almost all the time i didn't know it was called hiking i'd go on mountains and collect uh when i visit my grandmother's place uh, where there were cattle and and all of that i would go with the herders to to the field and get some crosshoppers that whole natural landscape i that's the experience i had uh, and i would go away as a little girl and, and come home late in the evening, which my mom didn't like much because I was asthmatic. And so she would feel like when I'm out in the felt for, for longer periods, she, she didn't like that. But I quite enjoyed that natural environment Uh, so my grandmother's place is in a very mountainous area called pig Peak, and so anytime i go home i even take pictures and joke on social media and say well i'm hiking again because it's so mountainous and now hiking is quite a you know a beautiful exercise that everybody wants to be seen hiking i did that growing up i still do it every time i go home visit my grandmother's place so yes i did go to mountainous places a lot and the rivers natural springs in the village that just come up and you get that fresh uh, a crisp water and and so i just felt that this is a beautiful thing to have that is offered to us naturally And I I wanted to preserve that. And as I grew older, then I realized there are also issues of pollution. And I felt like this is an environmental injustice. I want to get into the space and make sure that we do not pollute the environment. We do not degrade it beyond what is necessary so that it can be preserved for all of us and, and the wildlife also to enjoy
0: so sounds like what started as a natural and and enjoyment of beauty and your landscape and your in the area in which you grew up turned out to be a career that that, well that sounds um, very interesting Um. so what do you think are the key issues facing leaders in the environmental sector stroke sustainability
1: I would say the first one is k- keeping abreast. There is so much change in the environmental space and sustainability space. There is always something new. So if you're a leader in that space, you always have to keep ahead of the times and read a lot so that you know what new issues are coming uh, at any given point in time. You, uh, you know, don't, you can't lead what you don't know. I believe so. You just need to be always on the lookout, what are the new themes, what are the new topics, general articles, academic general articles are one one source, but there are also others, you know, with uh, information now being readily available, you can get easily informed on what the current issues are. So I think that's the first one. The second one is to understand the politics in in the environmental space to understand what drives the different players in the in the space so that you can you know try to form an opinion that is not influenced by you know the the different players you just form an opinion that is correctly what should should happen I think that is key um you know understanding what drives the the stakeholders that are coming to the table and also making sure that you have the policy agenda. If a policymaker always on the cards, you do not miss the point of what it is that you want to achieve. You push everyone in the line of what needs to be achieved. Do We want a transition to a low carbon economy. What are the actions that we need to be taking now and in all the areas that influence that agenda? To take us to, to 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 where we want to be and i think it's there's all there's no time to rest if i can call it that there is always something that's happening and as a leader you must make sure that that thing that is happening whatever it is is taking you to the future goal that you want you always keep your eyes um on the ball and of course there's inspiring others and pushing others to the right course of action being dynamic and persistent and consistent and making sure that people understand the importance. Some of the environmental issues are not easily visible to people who are not in the sector. You need to communicate to industry and say sustainability, the use of resources. Let's make sure that we don't deplete beyond. What are the actions that you can take in your company to make sure that the resource use is in line with how the earth replenishes those resources and get people to think. I think where we are now, a lot of people are talking about sustainability. There are a lot of now new career fields popping up, but it's that persistence and consistency that needs to always happen to make sure that no one loses the the eye on the goal, which is sustainability. Thank you.
0: And from a woman's perspective, you are a woman leader and you've been uh, for over 20 years in the space and uh, you grew up uh, um, as a young woman uh, in the envir- in environment. You make the point about you hiking, not knowing it was hiking and being in nature. So if uh, you um, as a woman in the space, what would you say are the key issues facing women, especially on the African continent?
1: One of the first issues um, affecting women in the space is the dependence on natural resources. It is most women in the African continent depend entirely on the natural resource base. So I think that's what I would say is affecting us when there is a change, when for especially those who are in subsistence agriculture if I can use that example when there is a drought it hits them fast and quick and affects food security immediately and there can be other issues when there are floods of you know diseases and displacement and and all of that but if i bring it into the now the professional space where women operate i think there are a lot of things For us as women that we need to care about that we don't possibly talk about openly in the boardrooms Uh, some of us have children some of us who don't have children still have family members all of that comes with you when you come to the workspace and so it is critical that as women we support each other when we get into the space of working together we push each other in the right way and in the right direction but we also also support each other at all times and I will also add that you must also have some younger ones that you are developing and growing and pushing forward and encouraging and showing them the way. Because we, the, the more women we get into all the career fields, especially environment, the more successes we are going to get. I mean, I listened to a joke on um, social media where somebody was saying, if you want to Something spoken about very well, give it to a man, but if you want something done, give it to a woman. I laughed because it that resonates with me. I have seen women achieve big results even in in difficult areas, and I have seen the capacity there is a lot of literature to support the fact that women can make very great leaders, but we need to support each other in the spaces where we find ourselves so I think as a woman when you walk into a space be it your 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 superior or your colleague at your level or or somebody who's junior to you always have the mentality to say how do i support this one to be the better version of themselves how do we move together forward and achieve good results together that is key for me
0: Okay, so I see, I mean, one of the things that I've noticed is, there is on the policy front, you mentioned uh, earlier on the policies and, the, and being intentional around that. And I see um, that there's less and less women involved at that level. What can be done to make sure that more women can be um, negotiators? Uh, in 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 whether it's in inter in, in multilateral fora, or also shaping policy uh, at a, with with government so that it impacts the lives positively, impact the lives of women as as they continue on their on this journey.
1: The capacity building is key. I think people must be given the opportunity women must be given the opportunity to learn about these things and be experts in their fields if they are able to push themselves to that far let the opportunities for learning be available the next thing after learning is giving people the opportunity to do the work. Some programs like internships are, are that for the young ones that just leave university to give them some form of working experience and to show them the broadness of the field of environment. There is so much that um, we can do and everybody can find a niche and a space where they can hold and and, and work hard. There's no substitute for, for hard work. I know there's words like smart work But early days in your career you just work and work and work and make sure that you know what you know well so after you've built capacity and you've provided the mentorship let there be opportunities for the people to use the skills that they have learned we have to make sure that when we recruit in in processes we make sure that we we have room to say how do we ensure that we have women as well in this space and and, you know, putting in the work is, is not easy because sometimes there are long hours, especially in, you meant, you made an example of policymaking or negotiators, long hours of sitting through and working. We need to enable people to build that tenacity to say, I will sit and make sure that this is, is achieved. But opening up the space and giving the opportunity to people is key.
0: Thanks to the um What I also find uh, difficult, or was being said, or argued, uh, I've been recently been involved in the process of recruiting a CEO for a particular organization in the water resource management space. And um, and uh, the, we couldn't find, there were no women on this um, or there were a few applicants that were women, but they didn't make it through the, the threshold. And one often wonders uh, what can be done to push more women, especially in the professional field, uh, to either take up positions. Or, or or be given positions you speak about opportunities and uh, what 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 can we do practically to make sure that more women uh, are firstly recruited secondly given the opportunity to rise up in the up, up in the corporate ladder
1: let me talk about my personal experience in response to this question when i had the education and i had the shall I say, the career opportunities, I needed that thing that would just enable me now to be able to take up the space to accept where I am and and be the best version of myself. And that thing for me was executive coaching. I don't think there is a substitute for executive coaching when you want to grow leaders, especially to those high positions that you are referring to uh, such as a CEO, the women have what it takes, the leadership skills are inherent. They have worked hard. They have the qualifications. They need that support, that push in the right direction to say this is you. These are your strengths. How do you use your strengths to become a better version of yourself? How do you how should you be in the world that you want to operate in so that you then take up those leadership positions? Executive coaching has, has done wonders for me, and I recommend it all the time to women who've done the work, you've got the education, you've done all that you needed to do to to rise to where you are. But to go to the next level, you need that support. Either mentorship, but executive coaching for me is, is, is key. And I look at so many, I think if we just had broad executive coaching programs for women, we would see much more results than, than we see now. And we have so many examples of women leaders who've done so well. I personally has, uh, has been pushed forward and ahead by women. Uh, so it's possible for women to help each other, but we also do need the, the, the support in the form of coaching to push um, them to that next level. That you are talking about.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna. i just notice in your uh, bio the role. Your role as the national air quality officer, and if you could just share, what did that take? What were the some of the things that, if you look back, um, uh, at the position in terms of on, when you were doing the position or playing the role, what were the things that kept you going? on the one hand, and secondly, what were the difficulties that you experienced as a woman national air quality officer, which in my understanding is a very, very difficult job because you have to regulate industry and you have to deal with issues of being seen as someone who acts against um, economic development and growth, uh, which is so required in a country like South Africa. Um, it I think indeed,
1: it was uh, not an easy role for me. But I joined government at that time, even before I became the National Equality Officer, because I had a, a, a lot of research experience. I had big ideas about what needs to change in the policy space for us to solve the problem of air pollution in South Africa. That was the biggest driver for me to join government. So I got in government and I got what I would call the right job for what I wanted to do. I was the director of atmospheric policy regulation and planning, and this is where the cracks, where the equality management plans are made, where the regulations and you know, um, are made. I got into that job with that science and excited, and I had a great team uh, to work with to do the work. I then realized that, oh, the science is not all that is playing in this space. There's a lot of interests in the space in terms of, okay, here's the quality management plan. We know so-and-so sectors, industry, as you said, the mines and, you know, domestic burning need to reduce the pollution, but it's not as easy as, you know, it is in a scientific report to say so-and-so must reduce by so much. And then we achieve the the results that we want. There's the human element. There's the issues of the economy. There's the issues, which I, 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 I sub, in, in summary, I call <clears throat> politics. So I had to learn to operate in that space and learn to keep my eyes on the goal, to say, we want an equality management plan that is going to ensure that the pollution that we have now is reduced. And we set goals to say we want to achieve this by, by that time. And in the way I had thought about it before I got there, that seemed to slow me down because I wanted to achieve results and quickly. But you can never in that space achieve results alone. You have to take all the partners along with you in achieving those results. Because if you say everybody must reduce pollution by 5% and no one who is actually supposed to reduce pollution buys into that idea, it's not going to happen. So I had to learn to take people along with me in the space uh, to, to, to achieve the results. There were many difficulties, uh, and I want to be honest. One of the difficulties I had was my team. Sometimes I had a, a brilliant team. A lot of I think we at some point had four PhDs in the team, including mine. Those are clever people. Those are people who know what they know. But sometimes to get to agree on a community strategy that in this community, we're going to do ABC and D, it is a struggle. Um, So there were many times I would have the plan that we need to do A, B, C and D and put it on the table and have to spend a lot of time convincing my team that this is what needs to be done. When that would be done, it would then be an issue of convincing the stakeholders, especially the people who need to spend billions of rents to comply with whatever legislation that you are putting on the table. they need to 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 be very clear what the return on on those investments are going to be so there's that resistance also from that to say okay you need to take them along but it's not easy and i will also be honest so that other women acknowledge this you get into a room say a stakeholder sends a group of people to come and discuss with you they send a lot of tall big men to come and sit with you and as they sit and look at you, you you can feel that they you know they want to also use intimidation tactics on you so i'm a bit stubborn that helped and uh, i know my issues i know my work so challenging me means you also must bring out the the, the stuff that can challenge the work not your maleness into the room so I would stand there and just say this is what we need to achieve this is your part and this is your part is your part how do we put this together to get to the point where we achieve this and then I also had a time where I had resistance to the legislation that the minister has already published and is the law and I had industry fighting going to court to remove it I did not sleep writing those affidavits providing the information to show you know the courts, how we arrived at, at the legislation that we had, and that was one case that we fought successfully. There were, And then there would also be, I think the NGOs are meant to help push the government in the right direction, but they can also lose it at, at some point. So at the end of the day, the focus for the national air quality officers should be the men on the street. We want the people of South Africa to breathe clean air. We are not here to close down industry. We are here to work together, to ensure that the people of South Africa enjoy their right to clean air. How do we do that? As difficult and as painful as it might be, how do we do that? At some point I was taught that if I leave the room and no one is happy, it means I've done well. If I leave the room, and industry is happy it means I've leaned on the industry side or the NGOs are happy I've leaned on the other side or in, or academia or whatever but I realized over time that that was meant to encourage me at the end of the day the people who should be happy are the overall people of South Africa it is not about me it is about making sure that the agenda the mandate of the department is, is taken care of and is achieved <sighs>
0: So um so how do you keep yourself motivated to the I know you said you read uh you yeah, there's thought leadership there is uh you look at the goal that you are uh, you are about which is about in, in the case of air quality it was about ensuring that the people were breathing clean clean air uh, you spoke about uh, the work you do with your team. And quite fast, I was quite fascinated by the point you made about being stubborn. So, uh, so what keeps you motivated in a clearly male dominated environment?
1: Um, let me put a disclaimer first. I'm not motivated every day. I must be honest. There are days I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, and you know, but I really, I think for me wanting to make a difference wanting to see change, positive change, in every area of my life. There is so much that needs change. In my current role, for example, um, <clears throat> we have a carbon capture and utilization storage uh, a project that we are working with, as the Council for Geoscience, in partnership with the World Bank, a Department of Mineral um, Resources and Energy, obviously, being the parent department of the CGS, it, it 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 says to me we want um less coal in the energy mix going forward but we are also acknowledging as south africans that we are going to have coal in our energy mix the question is how much coal is going to be there but in while we are still having coal in the energy mix what can we do to solve the issue of the carbon we can sink it uh, the carbon or utilize it or you know sequestration and and, and all those things Those, for me, the country solutions, the solutions that are saying, how do we make sure that when we leave this place, be it leaving a job or leaving earth as we we depart to the the next level, we did what we could to make sure that what was given to us as a responsibility, we, we did well. And that is a very big goal. Every day of my life, it keeps me going. I wake up, I must achieve results. Any assignment that I'm given, I want to make sure that I give it my best. It can be tiring. That's why I'm saying some days I'm not motivated. Some days I'm not, uh, I'm feeling very tired, but I am never without a goal of what needs to happen in the space that i operate i'm always working towards something to achieve something to improve something to help someone there is always something that uh, you know demands that i get up and do Uh, and and that is what uh, keeps me motivated
0: and um, then advice to young and upcoming women in the sector
1: Look, I think things are a bit easier now for young and upcoming women in the sense that there are many different portfolios now in in the environmental space. You can go into waste, you can go into ESG. Now there's this environment, social and governance, uh, a huge thing. The sustainability, climate change, there are all sorts of uh, different options now in, in the career field. So my advice would be people must choose what they want to specialize in. Or if you want to be a generalist, be a generalist. But there is so much now that you want to work on a project. You just need somebody who has ESG experience. You just need somebody who's done a waste management plan, for example. So people must choose, but be passionate about it. I often say to people, even somebody who wants to do a PhD, I say, they're going to be working on this thing for a very long time. Choose something that you like. Don't choose something that you you saw somebody doing you're going to work on something for a period of three or four years in the form of a phd it's got to be something that interests you so my advice to young women is stick with it this is a great career field you can grow but work hard do not find yourself because when you get the people who intimidate you as a woman you will you will you will deal with that using excellence you just put your point forward you've done your work no one can, can outshine that. No one can, can outshine excellence. So if you do your work and you do it well, you will just keep going. At no point should you stop and, and, and let people tell you you are not worth it. You can do it as a woman. Keep at it, work hard, excel in whatever field that you have chosen as a career field, and you
0: will shine. And then my last question what would you like your legacy to be in this sector? You know,
1: it's, it's a, that's a big question, Pam. Uh, I want to have achieved something. When I look now back at the time when I was the National Equality Officer, for example, uh, it was not without its challenges and I'm not saying anything was perfect, but even the most difficult relationships we built. To make sure that we achieve the agenda. We we went through a huge transitional process um, of putting in the Equality Act and repealing the Air Pollution Prevention Act of 1965. And we achieved. I really believe that we achieved. We started to see, uh, some drops in, in in pollution, but of course, with new sources coming up, we started to measure increases as well. But by the time I left that sector, we had national air quality indicator stations, we had monitor a monitoring network that was a little bit more functional than it was early days before I joined. We had uh, done the transition and we were well into the implementation of the Air Quality Act. And so my, I want my legacy to always be, she got there she made a difference she achieved a b c and d and because she was there we now have this and this which are positives from the time that i operated in 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 any space that i I operated in and and i'm i'm saying this with caution because i know that the environmental space has challenges while you're dealing with a climate change for example it's called the grand challenge It's huge because some of the impacts cannot be um you you can estimate that we will have floods but the extent of how bad it will be you can never fully understand or you have big plans and it doesn't become as bad as you thought how do we as people live with all these uncertainties is what this this uh, career field is about
0: Thank you very much. Uh, That was a very, very um, uh, interesting conversation. And I mean, a couple of uh, takeaway points for me. uh, One is uh, wanting to make a difference and being deliberate and intentional about it. I do like your point about uh, personal agency. And, our, and knowing your worth and not be bullied and know what, you just, what you're just wanting to achieve. Working hard, you've emphasized a lot, and building relationships and, um, and partnerships. You made the point about uh, that uh, the, the science alone uh, is not going to cut it. So you're going to have to look at building relationships and being intentional. And obviously, the last point for me was uh, being clear on your destination. And that destination um, you can define. So, but thank you very much for your time, and um, and uh, good luck with your all your work. And uh, and uh, you mentioned a project that you're currently involved with. Good luck with that, and continue to mentor other women in in the space, and uh, also working to achieve your own objectives. Thank you. Thank you, Tudi. Thank you very much for having me, Pam.